previously on an encore presentation of Compassion Radio. The important thing is to present scripture as a story because that's what it is. It's not a system, it's not a set of axioms, it's not propositional truths, it's not the eightfold path. It's not any of these things that we would expect if we were going to create a philosophically coherent system of belief. It's not that. It's a story centered around a family that is then ultimately redefined in one hero. And that is, for us, Jesus. Is there room in the kingdom of God for a martial arts expert, a human rights activist, a superhero memorabilia collector, and a Gen X Old Testament theologian? What if they're all the same person? Hi, Bram Floria here at Compassion Radio, the place where God's unique and passionate servants show us the way into modern kingdom thinking and action. You might say that today's guest is a modern gospel superhero. Well, the kids who attend his Disciple Dojo martial arts training program probably think so. In the past few years, James Michael Smith has been the watchful uncle to dozens and dozens of new refugee immigrants in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. His love of God's Word and his passion to live out a gospel-centered life has led him to serve a community woefully misunderstood by the church. He's also bringing a fresh and needed look at the scriptures to Christians who are seeking more in their faith walk. We've covered a lot of ground in the past two days, and if you missed any of this fascinating discussion, check out those episodes in the podcast section of our website, CompassionRadio.com. We'll pick up the conversation right where we left off yesterday. Thanks for joining us on today's Adventure in Faith. We're back another time with James Michael Smith, theologian, disciple dojo hero of the internet and YouTube now and bringing the superhero world of young people into his study of the word and contextualizing what he does in a very modern, very media-centered age. You're talking about eternal things, but you're great at both. So tell me again, if you would, what you do so we can recap that for our listeners and we'll jump right back into our conversation from yesterday. Yeah, the ministry here is called Disciple Dojo. It's an online Christian discipleship teaching ministry. I wrote up a proposal, BJJ in Bethlehem. I wanted to get it started, and I just prayed, God, you'll have to open the door because there's a lot of red tape and logistics and money, and I don't have any of those things. When I got back here to Charlotte, I realized Charlotte is a hub city for refugee resettlement in America. And we have a large number of refugees in a certain part of Charlotte. These kids, instead of throwing rocks... They get to throw each other. And instead of channeling that aggression into anger, they can channel that anger and that aggression in a healthy way and then look towards like competition or towards developing their own businesses or it, just all those intangibles that I've seen the martial arts be able to give to people. Right now, we do an outreach called Refugee Jitsu where I do free weekly anti-bullying classes for oh, kids from the refugee, immigrant, and local lower-income families who can't maybe afford normal jiu-jitsu lessons. So I teamed up with a local ministry at the time that did refugee outreach and said, would there be a need for an after-school or a weekly self-defense anti-bullying program? Uh, we do a free program once a week at a church here in Charlotte where they come and they receive uh, just all the benefits of good, fun martial arts training that hopefully could save their lives but also will make them more confident and empowered and just 
bonding within this new place they call home. Because this was also when there was a shooting in California, a Muslim couple, and the backlash. Whenever yes. there's something that any Muslim does in the world, all Muslims, especially in the West, feel like they're kind of targeted. And so I wanted to do something that would address that, but also be an overt Christian outreach, saying, mm -hmm. look, I am a Christian, and because I'm a Christian, I want to share this ministry with you where I teach your kids martial arts and empowerment and confidence and discipline, and they're not going to get bullied at school. If your daughter wears a hijab, nobody's going to snatch it off her head. Your kids, if they get called names, they're going to learn not to fight back, but learn how to be a bigger person. And, you know, all of these benefits, and there's going to be no strings attached. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to use it as a covert way to teach the Bible. If you come from a Muslim background, if you come from a Hindu background, I'm not going to try to convert your kids, but they are going to know I'm a Christian, and they're going to know I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. And I want to absolutely nail that one word, that preposition, because. You're doing this yes. because you are a Christian, not in spite of it. Yes. And I think there's plenty of people that, when you said it the first time, heard in spite of, because that's where their hearts are right now. That we would have to conquer our own hearts because we know we don't have a lot of love for them right now. We've heard nothing but negative things about refugees. Mm -hmm. So we have to say, no matter what the world says, we still have to go back to the filter of Scripture, which we're going to get to some more on this program, that says every single person is loved by God. And that means loved, not just tolerated, not just spoken of and kindly, and but put them off at the side here. Yeah. He intends for his people to go love them. So that's what you did with the things that were in your hands, your skills, your loves, you gave to them. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. Jesus never puts the condition of repentance on how he treats someone mm -hmm. with love and kindness. Whether they return and repent, whether they turn to him in faith, or whether they continue to go after the gods of this world or, or other religions, that has no bearing mm -hmm. on how we as Christians are called to treat and respond to people. And that also goes against and helps overturn the unfortunate stereotype of Christians mm. only wanting to give aid yes. as a precursor right. to then getting conversions. I wanted to be very upfront and dispel that and say, no, no, it's not because I don't believe in conversion. It's not because I don't believe in proselytization. I do believe those things are great, but those things cannot come from a place that's not rooted in trust and in the idea that, listen, no matter what you believe, I'm still going to treat you like anybody else. I'm still going to love you like anybody else. I'll still be your friend. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Islamic Center here in Charlotte. I went over and just had coffee with the imam over there and mm -hmm. said, look, I just want as a white, heterosexual, evangelical, Christian male from the South. So that's <laughs> as stereotypical as you can get. Everything about our culture says that I should be boycotting you guys or picketing or burning a Quran or doing all this foolishness that people have done. And I said, as someone from this demographic, I want to establish a friendship and I want us to genuinely be friends and not have to feel like we have to agree, not try to come up with some, you know, interfaith nebulous notion of a God that we both pray to. No, we pray to fundamentally different concepts of who we think God is. And we have major irreconcilable disagreements theologically. Let's just acknowledge that mm -hmm. and not have to pretend that that's not the case. Then a friendship can begin. Dignity is worth the center of it. Yeah. You put your commonality at the forefront, and then you acknowledge the differences that they do exist. Don't try to paper over them, but you recognize, you know what? 
in spite of our disagreements, you and I can still really care about each other. And we can work together for things that we both find to be in the common good. If our listeners are hearing from what James Michael is saying today, that I would love to see that thing happen where I live. I would encourage you to be looking him up for his Disciple Dojo on the web and on YouTube channels to see what he's doing, what he's teaching, how he's sharing his story, and get in touch with him. We'll also have some links on our website for all of these podcasts, so you can get in touch with him directly as well. Now, I want to jump back to uh, what we started our discussion in the last couple of programs and kind of get us through to the finish line of the Old Testament, because that's what you're, quote-unquote, an expert in. You specialize in that kind of study, and you've made it your love of life to find Christ in there and introduce people to the, quote-unquote, real Jesus, the one that actually appeared in history as a Hellenized Jew in the north part of his country, but with roots that go back to the Essenes and into the late Hebrew movement stuff. He spoke Aramaic. He probably spoke Greek, too, for all we know, but he also spoke in the languages he preached in. And the weird thing for me, by the way, is that it does not appear to me that any of the original things Jesus said, except for a few phrases in Aramaic, were ever actually brought forward as quoting him directly. All of it has been translated into the Greek that we know. So obviously God himself decided to put a bit of a veil on the man. We wouldn't be able to argue about the nuances of one little word he said that we know he said. We have to deal with him and really explore the edges and discover Jesus through the Old Testament, the book he kept quoting. So you mentioned going through the steps of creation onto the Abrahamic covenant and getting into the kings and the prophets, the recorrectives that happen all the time to try to get the countries back on track. And then finally, this unleashing of this gospel, this new flourishing of what this whole thing meant all along in the person of Jesus. So get me over the hump, if you would. What happened as you taught your people, as you discovered it together, when you got into the places beyond the Torah, beyond the rules, beyond the laws, and just started looking at where it was taking the world's history? Well, the thing that most Christians, I think, don't have a good understanding of is that the purpose of the New Covenant is the same as the purpose of the Old Covenant. Hmm. It's the same purpose, different vehicle, a different system in terms of the behavioral requirements and ethnicity and theocracy versus, you know, universal reign. But the purpose has always been the same. And that is? That the people of God who are in covenant relationship with God would be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, would be the bridge that gets the nations back into a relationship with God. Mm. That's always been the purpose. From when Abraham was called, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You know, the culmination of the Abrahamic promise in Genesis 12, 3. And then it's repeated to Israel before they receive the Ten Commandments in Exodus 19, that if you obey my covenant, you will be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And then they don't. They, they fail over and over and over for centuries. And God sends prophet after prophet after prophet telling them, look, there's two things that I know. One, you are not going to do this. You're going to fail. Two, even after you fail, I am still going to remain faithful to my promise that I made to Abraham because there is a remnant through whom I'm going to bring forth a new covenant, actually. I mean, God literally calls it a new covenant. Mm -hmm. And he says specifically, it will not be like the covenant I made with your ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. Even though I was a husband to them, mm -hmm. declares the Lord. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 31. So the purpose is going to be the same. A kingdom of priests to represent God and bring the nations to knowledge of God. 
But the closest Israel ever got maybe was under Solomon's reign when you started to get Gentile nations coming to mm. Israel to want to learn about God. But that immediately fell apart as soon as Solomon broke the first few commandments repeatedly and allowed other gods and raven images and multiplied wives and all that. So God's promise was that's still going to happen. And it's still going to happen through Israel. He says, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors. So it's not going to be like God's going to make this new thing from a bunch of Gentiles. He's still going to do it through the seed of Abraham. But what the New Testament reveals is that seed of Abraham is the true Israelite, Jesus. Mm. And then Jesus opens up Israel, Mm -hmm. which is membership in himself, to people of every tribe, tongue, nation, language. So the plan's still the same. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon, even as this rescue operation rapidly sweeps the refugees farther west away from the fighting. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. Bless you, friends, for your brave and activist faith. And now, back to our discussion. Then Jesus opens up Israel, which is membership in himself, to people of every tribe, tongue, nation, language. So the plan's still the same. Yeah. Love Jesus. Israel of the new covenant is to Israel what the old covenant, what a full-grown olive tree is to a seed in its original form. It's one of the reasons why I think about the Great Commission having meaning to the Jew, because it was part of that covenant. You were supposed to bring this to all the nations. It was something that Jews were supposed to start with. But of course, we know that we have all, in Jesus, seen ourselves as part of that calling, that the Great Commission applies to all those who have come into Jesus and invited him in so that God can fulfill his plan to not just preach to the nations, but to make sure he redeems every nation. He's out there Mm -hmm. to snatch not just individual souls, but because of the individual souls that were there loving him, they'd have a bridge to be saved altogether in Jesus. It's a big picture thing we haven't really unpacked a whole lot in this generation. But it does seem that the idea of the remaining faithful is God's way. Think about Lot staying in Sodom and Gomorrah. If I could just find a few righteous people there, would you save the city? It comes down to one mm-hmm. guy, and he yeah. still has to get out of there. But there was something about God himself saying, okay, you've negotiated with me. If I can just have somebody here who's faithful, I'll spare everybody. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be doing that story over and over again. Yeah, that's the caricature that people have of God, especially Christians, 
but non-Christians too. I just reviewed on my channel the Brick Bible, which is like a Lego version of the Bible. It's incredibly Marcionite. Yeah, it is. Uh, the presentation <laughs> of the Old Testament is thoroughly anti-God of the Old Testament in a fun and you know clever way. But at the core, it presents the idea that God is not going out of his way to spare people and to offer grace yeah. and to extend it. When in reality, that's the very nature of God. He reveals himself in Exodus as the God who is merciful and gracious, mm -hmm. overflowing in compassion. Yeah. And even how we teach Jonah mm. to kids, you know, the story of Jonah is when you watch popular presentations, it usually ends with Nineveh being saved. Yep. And that's the happy ending. But that's actually not the end of the book. There's nope. a whole other chapter where Jonah is angry that Nineveh got saved. And he actually says why he didn't want to go in the first place. And it's not because he was scared of the scary Ninevites. It was because he wanted them to burn. Yep. He wanted them to fry. He knew that God would save him. Yes. And he did not want God's mercy to extend to those wicked. And they were wicked. They were not innocent people. Mm -hmm. The Ninevites were horrible, horrible people. The Assyrian Empire was just horrible. But that's part of the punch of the book of Jonah. It would be like us thinking about God sending somebody to go preach to Boko Haram or to ISIS. Right. And they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the real Christians see that and they're like, yes, that's what God wants. But Christians who view things through a more nationalistic lens or a more culturally conditioned lens, we still kind of are in the position of Jonah when it comes to God's mercy extending to the hated people among us. So Jesus is the one that, after all that history, steps forward and says, okay, yeah. it all comes together now. So let's start figuring this thing out together and spend time with me. Walk with me through this entire land. Let's go explore it together and see what God is doing now because God has shown up. The kingdom of God is at hand. Mm -hmm. But the kingdom of God is at hand because it has a context. Yes. Every context has got a context. Mm -hmm. And the context of Jesus was his family, his story, history. Mm -hmm. So I thank you so much, James, for being not just a vanguard and a valiant defender of the Old Testament, but an explorer of terra firma, that you are bringing us back to a path through reality, how nations come to be, how a narrative that can go from the creation all the way to the recreation can be real, can be a living, can be a story that will anchor us to eternity and plant us in good soil and start producing fruit in us. I think you've done a great job with that. Thank you. I highly commend your work, and I want our listeners to know that Disciple Jojo on YouTube and on the internet on your own website is available. So if you could give them one more shot at the ways they can contact you, and if they want to learn more about the kind of program you're doing through the martial arts to help refugees and kids that really need to know their value. Yeah, absolutely. And the best way, if you want to know more about that, the website Disciple Dojo. Dojo is D-O-J-O, DiscipleDojo.org. And at the top of the page, there'll be a link that says, train the spirit, train the body. If you click mm -hmm. on train the body, that's going to tell you about our martial arts stuff that we do. And that's where you can find information about refugee jitsu. You click on train the spirit, you're going to have a number of links. We have free video curriculum. We do a series of small group studies. They were DVD based. Now they're all online but they're free. Any church can do them and they all include free downloadable participant guides. So you don't have to buy anything, no nickel and diming here. But we have studies on a number of topics that are ready to go. You just literally plug and play. And then we also have a series of podcasts available for people that want to listen to in-depth teaching through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Mm -hmm. So those are available on the podcast. 
And then lastly, we are focusing on our YouTube ministry. During COVID, that's forced us to really beef up the online teaching, but since there aren't as many in-person opportunities. So youtube.com slash Disciple Dojo is our channel. And we have a number of playlists on there. You see, I'm surrounded by these little action figures. I Mm -hmm. do a series called Superhero Seminary, which (laughs) basically takes action figure superheroes that I grew up with in the 80s and that go back to the 60s and the 70s and use those to do kind of tongue-in-cheek biblical teaching, presenting scripture in unique ways. So take a look. It's its own thing. It's unique. (laughs) So check it out. It's the ventriloquism of the 2020s. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Uh, James Michael Smith, thanks so much for sharing your story and your passion, because we need some joy (laughs) these particular years that we're going through right now. Thanks for having me. We're going to come out of this COVID thing onto a new playing field. It's going to feel very uneven because we haven't been able to get our sea legs back since we started into this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I want you to have the last word today. So if you could speak to America, what does a church especially need to hear right now from the word that it's just not getting in the midst of all of this zeitgeist of panic and anxiety? The message that the church needs to hear is the message to the seven churches Mm -hmm. from the book of Revelation, which is keep calm, follow the lamb. Mm -hmm. Culture is going to throw up alarm bells. Everything is going to be the end of the world crisis. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Right. Famine, plague, death, all of those things happening. In the midst of that, the church is being tempted on two fronts. It's being tempted to compromise Mm -hmm. and to fit in to the system of the world and do things the way the world does it, especially in terms of things like our, our sexual ethics or how we view traditional structures like family, things like that. Or it'll be tempted to give in and throw in the towel and say, you know, we're not going to win this. So let's just circle the wagons, get in a holy huddle and just focus on preserving ourselves so we don't go to hell in a handbasket with the rest of the world. And I think the message of Revelation is the message to the churches. No, follow the Lamb, go wherever He goes, know that He wins, but know that that conquering will come through being willing to suffer for His sake. And suffering is part of the deal. We can't stay away from that if we're really serious about following everywhere he wants to go and does go. Yeah. And that's part of what our broadcast has been for you know 30 years is actually going to the places where we know God's hand is at work and telling that story of those who do that work. So you are on the front lines of faith here in America. I do hope you would arm many younger people than you to step up and say, we can take the reins here. Once the baton is passed and these older guys have passed on, there's still a vibrant scripture here that is alive, and we need to be pouring ourselves into it so it can pour itself into us. It's not about getting your mind solid like a fossil. It's about getting your heart soft enough to hear God's heartbeat and make his heartbeat yours and let him do it. Keep at it, my friend. Again, all the links on Disciple Jojo and James Michael Smith are on the website. So check that out at CompassionRadio.com. God bless you, brother. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, Jesus King of endless words No one could express How much you deserve 
this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.